and welcome to our Jackson home. I am joined today by the uh, journalism professor in the Department of Communication Arts at Union University, Ted Cluck. Welcome to the podcast, Ted. Hey, great to be here, man. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so I was here at the Co. a few weeks ago, and um, a community member, Ross Pretty, who's a friend of mine, stopped by. Uh, he's also an amazing Instagram artist, so just, wow. uh, just a heads up that uh, I actually interviewed Ted for the podcast. So I emailed you, emailed right back, we got it set up. It was awful magically. Yeah. Um, so Ted, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow, man, that's the, uh, the mother of all open-ended questions. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm new here in Jackson. Uh, so I've been here since the beginning of the school year. And uh, previous to that, I was a, uh, a writer, a freelance writer. So made my living writing books and uh, magazine articles. I got an opportunity uh, way back in the late 90s, early 2000s, to do some writing for ESPN the magazine and um, was able to, to parlay that into lots more writing. So we were up in Michigan, so up in the land of the, you know, six to seven month winter mm -hmm. and never seeing the sun and being like um, morbidly depressed each, each and every <laughs> winter. So uh, being in Jackson, man, is, uh, is amazing. It's a blessing. So I'm still, still getting to write, uh, which is really cool. But now I have the uh, kind of the support and the the infrastructure of the union community around mm -hmm. me and I get to be with students every day and, uh, and just have a blast doing that. So um, really stoked to be here. Yeah. Uh, where are you from originally? Grew up in Indiana. Grew up in a, a tiny little town called Hartford City, which was like an hour north of Indianapolis. Um, Hartford City is not really known for, uh, for much of anything, mm -hmm. but uh, just a couple of stoplights and lots of tanning parlors and video stores. So. Oh, yeah. Sounds like my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I'm a small town guy at heart, so I, I really love BHC and and really like the vibe out here in West Tennessee. It's mm -hmm. actually quite similar. People are humble and, and kind and, um, you know, it just feels like a great fit. Yeah. And uh, and so you've done a lot of different things career-wise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk more about some of those in the future. But sure. you mentioned indoor football and professional wrestling. And yeah, yeah. So playing, playing and coaching football for me has been um, kind of a lifelong addiction, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So I played in... Obviously played in high school, played a little bit in college, um, and yeah, it was just my first love, my first idol. Um, you know, if you've ever seen uh, a movie with like a really passionate couple where, you know, they're being really passionate in one scene and then in the next scene they're like winging plates at each other's heads and they're, <laughs> they're crashing against the wall. That's kind of been my relationship with football, so uh, very on again, off again, but I've um, I played semi-pro kind of off and on ever since mm -hmm. college. and. I uh, got to play in Europe for a, a season, so my family lived in France for a little while in a little 16th century stone cottage, which was uh, a blast. Uh, and then, yeah, I've been dabbling in this uh, arena football stuff uh, off and on for a while, too, much to my wife's chagrin. She, uh, she deserves a medal, I think, after all the, <laughs> all the stuff I put her through sports-wise. Uh, what about your—and tell us about your family. Yeah, so I'm married to Kristen. Um, we've been married a long, long time. We were married uh, midway through my junior year of college. So believe okay. it or not, I was just a, like a child myself when we got married. So uh, it's been really cool. I mean, in, the, in that sense, we kind of grew up together. So mm -hmm. we were far from fully formed and far from adults when we got married. But um, the Lord's been gracious. I mean, it's been a, we've made a lot of mistakes along the way and mm -hmm. been through a lot. But, uh, but it's been really good. I have two boys. Uh, Tristan is 13. He goes to the Academic Academy out at Northeast. And, okay, yeah. Um, my son Maxim is 10, so they're both adopted from Ukraine. I'm sorry, Maxim? Maxim, Maximilian. So All right. We decided to make his life just 
exceedingly difficult by giving him the name Maximilian. So. Maximilian Cluck. Maximilian Dimitri Cluck. Yeah, they're oh, both. Wow. Uh, okay. They're both adopted from Ukraine. So Tristan is Tristan Vladimir Cluck. Oh, and wow. then uh, Maximilian Dimitri. So we kept their Ukrainian names. But as, uh, MBK sounds pretty. Yeah, yeah. MBK sounds pretty hardcore. It's not bad, man. It's not bad. So no, both those kids are uh, they're they're tough given the the name situations we put them through. But <laughs> yeah, both of them were named after characters in books. Um, Maxim is named after uh, Maxim de Winter in the book Rebecca by Daphne de Maurier, and uh, Tristan's named after the uh, the Tristan character in uh, Legends of the Fall by Jim Harrison. So okay. Um, so yeah, very pretentious naming uh, situation in our family. It, but you're a professor, so I think it kinda... yeah, yeah, I get to be pretentious. <laughs> it actually helps me in my career. <laughs> uh, not many people can say that. I know. Yeah, I get to say it and embrace it. <laughs> uh, so why did you guys come to Jackson? What was it about Jackson that you're like, this yeah. is where we want to go? Dude, crazy story. So like, I don't know, six or seven years ago, uh, I wrote this book about the church. Uh, with a guy named Kevin DeYoung, and we actually got uh, invited down to Jackson to speak, so they flew us in. Yeah, I believe I was um, a student at Union at the time. Actually. That's crazy. Did you come and catch my talk? I not. I think Kevin did chapel. Okay. And I think I came and saw chapel at that and, point. But you didn't catch my talk, then. Not that I remember. Thanks for nothing. I apologize. No, no, that's fine. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, six or seven years ago, we did that, that gig, flew into Jackson for one night, um, and had the gig, and then flew out. But, uh, you know, met... Uh, met, met some people here while we were in town and kept in touch with some folks. Tim Ellsworth from the communications mm -hmm. office over at Union. And uh, yeah, about a year ago now, he dropped me an email and just told me that the, that the journalism gig was, uh, was available and encouraged me to apply. So yeah. that's how we made our way down here. And when I, when I came down to interview, it was about uh, 110 degrees with like 100% humidity and, and I felt like I was running a low grade fever. So it was, it was like a Tuesday. Yeah, it was like a common yeah, everyday <laughs> Tuesday in, uh, in Jackson in the spring. But uh, but no, we liked it, man. We, we you know, just had good feelings about it and, you know, felt like this was going to be the, the, the place for us. So loved the union atmosphere, mm -hmm. loved um, the other faculty in my department and just uh, the chance to, to work with great folks. Yeah, well, Tim's good people. We're we're from about five minutes apart in Southern okay. Illinois. Oh, right on. So you know the yep. Southern Illinois mindset is yeah. just a great one to have. It really is, man. Yeah, I, I just feel my spirit rise when I drive through Southern Illinois. <laughs> it's not sad or depressing at all. No, <laughs> it actually is completely sad and depressing. No, but I know that. That's because you don't get off the interstate, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, that helps. Exactly. Well, we're gonna go to our first break, and we're coming back. And I'd love to hear. I'm a football nut, so okay. let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. So. Between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson home. And we're back. Uh, I'm here with Ted Cluck, who is a journalism professor at Union. Uh, but in a previous professional endeavor, you were, uh, and these are your words, a low, low level of professional <laughs> football. Yeah. So so I was at a Mississippi River Kings game uh, right before I record, we recorded this episode, and I was Googling it, and they were making like $200 a game. And so what is the, what is a day in the life of a professional, a, is semi-pro a fair word? Yeah, I think that's a, it's called professional indoor football, but semi-pro is probably a fair word, to be mm -hmm. honest. So yeah, a day in the life of, uh, of an arena you know, football player, professional indoor football player, you're, you're going to your day job. So if you're, if you're lucky or blessed enough to have a day job, you're mm -hmm. doing that. So for me, when I, 
when I played the first time and and actually even when I played this last time, you know, you're writing, you know, I was doing my writing work during the day and um, part of my writing work was actually writing about the arena football experience. So uh, that's convenient. I, yeah, it, it was really convenient. So and yet another way to sort of justify it to my wife. So um, so, yeah, the result was a book called Paper Tiger, One Athlete's Journey to the Underbelly of Pro Football, which I think sold about six copies, but won the Michigan Noble Book Award, which is nice. But mm -hmm. uh but so, yeah, you're doing your, your regular job. You know, some guys are working in a factory. We had pharmaceutical reps. We had guys who were unemployed and just staying with their folks. And, yeah. you know, guys from all walks of life. I mean, on our team, we had a guy who was, uh, who was an All-American at Michigan State and an NFL draft choice. So, you know, he was fresh off of some mini camps and stuff in the league. So we had guys that were that good. We had guys who played in the Big Ten. Um, and then all the way down to, to guys who played small college like myself or played semi-pro mm -hmm. and, and everything in between. So, yeah, a real diverse group of guys. And so, you know, you're, you're doing your day job, kind of healing your own injuries. So kind of, you know, wrapping, lashing bags of ice under your knees and, you know, dabbing open wounds from the, uh, from the turf, the turf burns, mm -hmm. and um, hoping that people show up to practice. So usually <laughs> practice a couple of nights a week and, and hope that everyone shows up and hope that the owner... Uh, hasn't left town and hope that he decides to pay you for that week and uh, it's really a labor of love I mean you do it because you love yeah. playing you love competing you love running out of the tunnel in front of you know however many people have have trickled in for that night but um, but it's a, it's a neat vibe man it, it you know I can honestly say um, you know it, it's it's not something that I think I'll gravitate toward again, but I'm really thankful to have been able to do it a couple yeah. times. So it was pretty neat. And what were the teams that you played for? Yeah, I played for a team called the Battle Creek Crunch uh, in Battle Creek, Michigan. The uh, the Crunch moniker was sort of a, an homage to that being Cereal City, USA. Yeah, that's so where Kellogg's is. That's where Kellogg's is, so where they make all the cereal. And um, and then the other team I played for just this uh, this year, actually, was a team called the Windy City Ravens uh, out of Chicago. So. Wait, so you, you played... Like this summer? Or yeah, I played a few weeks ago, actually. I, I suited up in a game <laughs> up in Bloomington, Illinois, so just north of your old stomping ground. Yeah. So we played a, played against a team called the Bloomington Edge, and uh, I long snapped. So uh -huh. uh, so I just snapped and played some defensive end and a little bit of special teams. But uh, <laughs> so it was a, it was a trip. Man. So you, you I'm just trying to picture this because... I thought this had passed. So I thought No, we, man, just recently passed. Very, very raw. You so, know? so you you uh, you're at Union teaching on a yeah. Friday. Yeah. Finish up your classes and you drive to Illinois to play arena football. Exactly. Yeah. Hopped in the car on a Saturday morning, man. Early uh, early in the morning. Took my wife and two kids with and my son Tristan went went into the locker room with me and took took pictures and, you know, was able to document the whole thing. He was on the sidelines with me, which was a lot of fun. So yeah. Yeah, just a special time, man, and, and and it's all, you know, the point of all that is to try to get it out of my system, right? Yeah. And I think what was great about uh, this last game with the Ravens was um, it was fun and it was satisfying, but it wasn't euphoric. Like mm -hmm. when something's euphoric, that's it's addicting. That's the thing that you want to go and do again, you yeah. know. And uh, and it was satisfying. I was satisfied with how I played at my age, um, but not euphoric. So I think now it's a it's a pretty safe bet that I can walk away. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's way cooler than you probably feel like it is, but yeah, no, uh, I don't feel like it's very cool. I feel like it's pretty cool. I appreciate that. So uh, very kind. So the other thing that I just feel like we have to talk about yeah. is in your bio that you sent me, mm -hmm. the words professional wrestling were included. Yeah, 
Can you just expound upon that a little bit? I will, yeah. Um, I wrote a book about professional wrestling a few years ago, which my wife um, kindly informed me was going to be the worst career move I ever made. <laughs> and she was right. So <laughs> as she often is, she ended up being right about that. But uh, no, it was this weird like fit of nostalgia wherein I had this theory that like every every boy goes through like a professional wrestling phase, like in middle school, where there's a couple years where you watch it. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was growing up, man, I mean, it was kind of the golden years for professional wrestling. I mean, we had Hulk Hogan and like mm -hmm. the Macho Man, Randy Savage and Ultimate Warrior and some of these great personalities. And um, I have a cousin in Chicago who I'm, I'm really close to and he works in construction. He's one of these guys that's like hanging, you know, 50 stories in the air off the skyscrapers yeah. and he had a pretty serious accident. He had a fall at work and he ended up in the hospital. And for a couple of days it was kind of touch and go as to whether he would make it. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, I think in a fit of nostalgia, he and I always watched a lot of wrestling together. So um, I said, you know what, I'm gonna do a wrestling book and we're gonna do it together. And uh, I'm gonna train, I'm gonna train at one of these wrestling schools and um, just kind of navigate that, that CD world uh, with him and go to shows. and. Uh, that's exactly what we did, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was interesting in that it was both fun, but also really sad and depressing because you would think mm -hmm. that a bunch of grown men who were sort of play acting in tights that it would be whimsical, you know, that there would be a sense of joyfulness and fun to to all of it, but yeah. it was really quite grim. Mm -hmm. um, I had a ton of respect for the guys that do it. I mean, athletically, it's really challenging. You mm -hmm. know, I, I did some some stuff athletically for that book that I'd never done before. You know, it was really hard. But, um, but yeah, not quite as fun and, and joyful as you would think. Hmm. So. Yeah, we, have you ever been to the TIWF? No, I haven't. Man. There is not a, familiar. and I'm not sure if it's still active, but okay. when I was in college, we used to go to the Tennessee Independent Wrestling Federation. <laughs> I love it. I which, love it. Um, which was just as exciting as it sounds. That sounds um, unspeakably sad, but I will probably go. <laughs> that being said, I'll probably be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they used to have a really atrocious website that you may be able to find, and if Someone from the TIWF is listening. I apologize for slandering your website. Dude, no, no. Atrocious, like, 90s-looking websites. That's part of wrestling. It That's was part so, of the wrestling it, subculture. It may have been so bad that it was good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have no doubt that it was. Um, and so, how do you get... Let's talk about this in the next segment. But yeah. I want to talk about how do you get into the writing game. Yeah, because sure. You were, men you were mentioning some published books and, and ESPN. That's yeah. That's... The top of the level. So, yeah. um, so let's talk about that in a minute. So, from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson home. And we're back with uh, our Jackson home. I'm here with Ted Cluck, a journalism professor at the Department of Communication Arts at Union, but oh, so much more than that. As we just heard. Uh, former professional football player, and in you, you know, we talked about you being a semi-pro football player, but you're writing at the pro level of sports writing. You're writing for ESPN. How does someone get to writing for ESPN? You don't. I don't feel like you just write. Walk up one day and you're like, "Hey, can I write for you guys?" Or no, you don't. It's a it's a wild story. So I I I didn't grow up thinking that I would be a writer. You know, that was never a dream of mine. And you know, once. I was in college and playing football and, and had a couple of pretty significant injuries. You know, I, I sort of had to redefine myself or rethink, you know, how it would be that I would communicate with the world and um, met a really lovely lady who's now my, my wife. 
and she was very literate and was very into uh, cool uh, books that didn't have to do with football. So I think I read my first non-football related books as a result of, uh, of being with her. But um, yeah, so graduated with a comm degree, started getting like some poetry published, which is not lucrative. And in poetry, they pay you in copies of the magazine, which as it turns out, you can't use to buy food or pay, or pay rent <laughs> uh, with these little poetry mags. But but yeah, did did a little bit of that. I was doing a job as a uh, like a junk mail copywriter. So I was in this grim little cubicle, and um, and it was kind of an awful gig. And I was emailing with buddies from college who were in the midst of their first awful gigs. <laughs> and um, we were all huge fans of theonion.com, which yeah. is a satire website. And at the time, the Onion had no sports content, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started this thing called the Field Judge Satire for the Discerning Sports Fan, which was sort of onion-style satire, uh, just very low-fi, three articles a week. Sent it out via email and got subscribers that way. And um, at some point, spanned ESPN and Fox and SI with the Field Judge stuff. And um, one day, ESPN wrote back and, and said, "We really, we really love your stuff. It's really fresh and really funny." And uh, you know, would you would you consider doing some writing for the magazine? So I, I of course said yes, and it was a it was a huge blessing and a huge break for me because I was able to parlay that you know those little kind of uh, sports humor gigs with ESPN into some longer stuff for the dot com and, mm-hmm. and some stuff for the magazine, and then uh, in two thousand five did my first book. So um, you know, it really grew from the magazine and freelance work into the book world. That's amazing. Yeah. What do you think? What do you if you had to guess? Yeah. Or get to pick the favorite piece that you wrote for ESPN. Mm. Um, what what would that be? You know, I did a uh, I did an NFL draft study a few years ago in which I took I don't even know how many years of drafts and I, I broke it all down. It was several installments, several thousand words, and uh, tried to determine which what positions were the riskiest uh, positions to pick in the first round. Quarterback. Like, yeah, quarterback, wide receiver. Um, Defensive end was up there, hmm. so you know these pass rushers that kind of flame out, yeah. uh, making that jump from the pro to college level. It was a really fun project because it, it gave me the chance to delve really deeply into something that uh, that I cared about and, and do a lot of writing on. So it was a blast. That's cool. And yeah. uh, the draft is probably my top five favorite things about the NFL season. Oh, dude, the draft is is like Christmas. It's amazing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I always do a draft party. I yeah. love it. Uh, and you were saying you were just get, you were getting into the books. What was the first book that you wrote? Yeah, the first book I wrote was uh, probably still my favorite. It's a book called Facing Tyson, 15 Fighters, 15 Stories. So I uh, got a chance to travel around the country and interview 15 guys that fought Mike Tyson. So um, it was so cool. Is that, was Holyfield one of them? Holyfield was one of them. So I met with Holyfield in his huge uh, Atlanta mansion that I think he's since foreclosed on. But... Um, he's the one who got bit, right? He's the one who got bit. Yeah, he was very cool about it. It was hard <laughs> not to look at his jagged earlobe. Just stare at it. Yeah. Like just, Austin Powers. Moly, 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 moly. <laughs> Dude, seriously, yeah, hard <laughs> not to stare at it. But no, I, I'll never forget. He, he was not afraid of Tyson. Mm. And, I, and I think that was why he was so successful against Tyson. But he just said, you know, it's a hurt business. And uh, this comes with the territory. So it's a fight. Yeah. And uh, he was very cool about it. And in fact, all the... All the fighters that I spoke with were really positive about Tyson. They really wished him well, and, mm-hmm. and um, it was just such a great book. I mean, to be able to do something like that when you're in your kind of mid to late 20s, I was still young, I was wide-eyed, I was impressionable, you know, uh, but I was really hitting my stride as a writer by mm-hmm. then, so 
Um, and those guys were so open and honest about their stories. I mean, just great interviews. They didn't have this sort of PR veneer that a lot of athletes have where they, they begin to talk without saying anything. So those guys were just yeah. open books. It was great. That's cool. Um, and what are the other books that you've... Yeah, a lot of other books in the sports space. So I did the, the Arena Football book was next. Um, did a collection of kind of essays from a Christian perspective on sports called The Reason for Sports. Um, did an adoption memoir called Hello, I Love You about uh, adopting our two boys. Um, two books about the church with Kevin DeYoung, who's now super kind of Calvinist famous. So, um, you know, those books took off and did really well. And his, his career was a, a rocket ship after that. So, um, so yeah, a lot, in, a lot in the sports space and then a lot in kind of the church and Christian living space. So I uh, had a chance to ghostwrite some books, too, for some famous people, which it's, was really no, fun. Ghostwriting fascinates me because... Yeah. Essentially, they're saying, I don't want to write this, but can you write this for me and then put my name on it? Exactly. Yeah. You say that like it's not a weird thing. To me, it's super <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. So can you talk about who you've ghostwritten for? Or is that I can, part of the yeah. agreement? No, no. Part of the deal in, in all my ghostwriting gigs was that I would get my name on the cover as with. So okay. you'll see a book that says, you know, um, by Kevin Adelsberger with Ted Clark. Yeah. And you know that the with guy does all the writing. Does all the writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, probably the, the biggest one or the biggest name one that you would recognize was Jim Kelly, the old Buffalo Bills quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So played in four Super Bowls. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh-huh. um, that, was, that was a trip. Battling cancer. Battling cancer and is, is now, I think, in good. remission. Yeah, yeah. he's in remission right now. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, really interesting dude, man. I flew out to Buffalo and... Uh, got to spend a lot of time with Jim at his at his home and at Rich Stadium there, where the where the Bills play. So uh, it was a it was a fun time. So yeah, a lot of a lot of interviewing, a lot of time spent sort of ascertaining the voice of the other person, like mm-hmm. how they speak and their cadence, and you know just how they communicate. And then I think as a ghostwriter, your job is to to be the best possible version of that person on the page, you mm. know, to be as as clear as you can, and still make it sound like them, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be I, I can even imagine doing that. Yeah. I'm not an English person. I'm not a writing person. So <laughs> yeah, that would be a struggle for me. That that's that's really neat. Um, so so Ted, uh, what can we? How can we follow you online? Um, I know you host co-host two podcasts. Yeah, and are you active on social media? I'm not. I actually hate social media. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of a curmudgeon when it comes to that. Although I have a. Uh, I have a Facebook author page, which uh-huh. updates anytime I do a podcast or a blog. So all that kind of happens automatically, which is nice. Um, yeah, as you said, I host two podcasts. One is the Gut Check podcast. So that's kind of a product of uh, a publishing company I started five years ago with another writer. So we just have our little little niche of a niche um, publishing company there in the publishing world. Mm-hmm. So it's called the Gut Check podcast. Uh, and then I, I co-host one called the Happy Rant podcast with uh, Barnabas Piper and Ronnie Martin. So uh, folks can check those out. Uh, you can check me out at tedcluck.com, T-E-D-K-L-U-C-K.com. So uh, very old school, probably like pro wrestling level website. So <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that 90s, but um, yeah. you know, you can check me out there and, and read some blogs and get links to the books and yeah. all that stuff. Well, we might even be able to get you to maybe get some writing in our Jackson home. That would be all right, man. I think we I'd could do that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. well, Ted... Thank you for um, helping to make Jackson a better place and choosing to make it home. Thanks so much, man. I love it here. Really grateful to be uh, in Jackson and be on your podcast. Stay tuned for more Jackson Home.
Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read about how amazing Jackson is, visit our Jackson home.